The good news is it's your fault. Now, why is that the good news? Because you can only fix you. If it were her Mm. fault, well, you can't do anything about her. You know, you could ditch her. Yeah. See you later, move on. But it's the fact that it's your fault means that we can fix you. We can identify the behavior. We can identify the mindset that led you to this position. Hello, you beautiful soul, and welcome to the Evolve with Evelyn podcast, where we break through all the fears, obstacles, and limiting beliefs that are holding you back from the life, relationships, and business or career you desire. I am your host, Evelyn Huynh, founder of Evolve and Unite Coaching Institute, speaker and transformational life coach specializing in inner child and generational trauma healing. Join me each week to heal and strengthen the relationship with yourself and activate your authentic voice so that you can evolve mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Evolve Evelyn podcast. This episode, I don't think you have any idea what's going to be going on, but I'm so (laughs) freaking excited. You can already just hear by the laugh. We have our first male identifying guest on this podcast. And I, so his name is Paul and I actually met him at a Friendsgiving. Didn't know he existed before that. And it was funny because we were introduced by a couple of friends and all of us were kind of sitting around. And then I was like, you know, look, what do you do? And then he's like, oh, I'm a men's like dating confidence coach. And as you could probably imagine, my brain is going ding, 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 ding. And the first things that really came out of my mouth was like, do you want to be on my podcast? And I'm really excited for this one because a lot of most of the listeners on this podcast, you are probably, you know, women. And a lot of you guys either are in marriages or have partners or have a lot of, you know, sticky, I guess, uh, history when it comes to men and husbands and in relationships and stuff. And I'm stoked about this episode because Paul's going to bring a completely different perspective and angle. Well, one from a completely different genders perspective. And so, you know, Paul, before I continue rambling on, cause I tend to do that. Can you just introduce yourself? Let us know who you are, what you do. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited, especially learning that I'm the first to nail on, on the show. This is yeah. very flattering, very fun. So thanks again. Um, yeah, my name is Paul Roseberry. I'm a, a men's dating and confidence coach, like you said, uh, and uh, also a stand-up comic. So I really find a lot of pleasure in bridging those two things together. I love to help guys to develop and grow, but also put a comedic spin so it's fun. It doesn't get stale. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it's di- digestible in a way that like you want to work on it. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's exciting. And you're you're also someone who wears a lot of different hats too, other than just that. <laughs> yeah, I've had over a hundred jobs. I've, uh, I mean, I've done it all. I've done it all. I, I've, I've, I've owned a payphone. You know, what I mean, like at gumball machines in high school. Like, like whatever. You know, I started my own auto detailing business that I ran for like two weeks before I decided I sweat too much. Right. To be in people's cars, <laughs> like. Uh, I've kind of done it all. I lived in New York, LA. I'm from New Hampshire. Um, yeah. And that's where I think I draw a lot of my experience from though, is being able to help people. I'm not, uh, 
I enjoy being sort of the balance to a more traditionally trained, uh, I don't know, therapist, I don't call myself a therapist, but you know, like, like when people want to seek out help more traditionally, it's going to be from people who have learned from institutions and schools and great teachers for sure. But Mm -hmm. mine is just straight up gritty, hands on. This is where I've been. This is how it sounds similar to where you are. This is what I did. What do you think? Right. So did you, were you a comedian before you went into dating and confidence coaching? Oh, oh yeah. I had no intent on being a men's dating confidence coach. I had, this was not in the uh, agenda for me. No, it just, it just happened because what it was, was, so I grew up really awkward. And I know you had mentioned that a lot of your, you know, uh, episodes and a lot of your content is about like childhood trauma and overcoming, you know. Yes. Okay. So we'll give you the laundry list. Here's, here's the rundown. I grew up fat. I grew up poor. Those would have been enough. Those would have been enough to make it hard. Uh, but we'll just keep it going. Then I was vegetarian. And this is the oh. 80s, all right? I wasn't vegetarian because I was some like open-minded kid who didn't want it. No, 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 no. I was never given meat. My parents told me you're vegetarian. I didn't know anything else. So I was raised I, I, almost against my will, I guess you could say. I wasn't like begging, wow. but it wasn't my choice. So I was a uh-huh. weird kid because society wasn't ready to handle that. I was just an oddball. And then add to it, just to ice the cake, um, severe stutter. Mm, I, I would have never guessed. Thank you. I take that as a compliment. I have mostly overcome it. I would say it's in the manageable uh, range to put it, you know, like very manageable. I do still right. stutter sometimes. And it's very frustrating when I do. But uh, yeah, so growing up, I was an oddball kid. I was super tall, which sounds cool. Everyone likes to be tall. Not if you're like the height of your coaches. You know what I mean? When like in little league, I was a foot taller than everybody else. And I sucked. I had no coordination. I bat. I played little league for two years. You know what my batting average was for two years. I played every game. I batted zero. I got to bat every game at least once, sometimes twice. I never hit the ball once. Cause I honestly, the reason is because I was so nervous as a kid. I, I was really uncomfortable. And I didn't fit in and things were just, life was hell. So when I got up to bat in Little League, it wasn't about hitting the ball. It was about validation. I needed Mm. a home run. I had to get that home run because then I could have friends. Then I wouldn't get picked on. Then I have self-worth. So that's not what the game is. (laughs) The game is you swing a bat, hit a ball and run to first. But to me, it was a social necessity. And so I couldn't see the ball. I couldn't focus on it. I couldn't think about how my swing needed to be adjusted. (laughs) This was about me and what I could gain from being liked. So, you know, talk about childhood trauma. there, There was some devastating stuff. It's, I love that you just like went into there. Cause I was definitely going to be asking you questions about that. And yeah. here's the thing. And I, I think I shared with you, like, I love working with men specifically because I think society has painted this picture around men and then put men into boxes. Like we each, each gender, no matter which gender you are, I think comes with its own fair share of like traumas associated yeah. with that gender. And I almost feel like it's more socially acceptable for women to talk about their problems and traumas. And then for men, it's like, 
no, you can't talk about your wounds and traumas. You can't be vulnerable. You can't tap into your emotions because that makes you weak. And so what you're sharing about little league, do you, did you notice similarities between, I guess, like how you were as a child versus let's say, as you got older and started dating? Oh yeah. Well, the issue was that, so I started to just chip away at things, you know, like, uh, like nature just kind of helped me a little bit, you know, my, my height evened out. I, I'm six one. So I, you know, I'm at a great height, but I'm not seven feet tall, you know, like uh, fortunately. Yeah. And I, I lost some weight as I started to just grow a little more and, you know, figured out the gym. So I kind of decided this is something I, I'm going to have to figure this out, you know? And like, I didn't care about school. I, I, I did not, I did not care about school. I went to school. I didn't study because I just, I had more things on my mind. Like, let's not be fat anymore. You know, like, mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's stop stuttering. Let's, let's figure out how to talk to girls and not be embarrassed. I don't give a shit about yes. social studies, you know, or like what was going on in <laughs> World War One. I. I could forget it, dude, forget it. That is so far back on my list of things to worry about. Yeah, I'll take the C. A C sounds great. Okay, because I can just guess a C, but I need to figure out is meat for me. You know what I mean? Like, do I like, yeah. That's what I got to know. So I just, I just took it by the horns and I just figured out how to build me. And that's, that, that's what I didn't always know consciously. That's what I was doing, but I would chip away at things. I got rid of the stutter. I lost some weight. And then with girls and dating, the problem was that I still presented my self product, if you will. I've been in sales for a long time. So I think of sales and personal perception as being very similar because in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. we are selling ourselves uh, to ourselves and we're Mm -hmm. selling ourselves to others. So Mm -hmm. my product, I had no value for it. Very little. I was embarrassed of my product. I was embarrassed of myself. I didn't think that I was embarrassed, but I, the way I acted you know, I wasn't conscious of it. So when I go up to a girl, I assumed she wouldn't want nothing to do. Why the hell would she want to date me? You know? Mm. I know why I want to date her because she's hot or it doesn't yeah. even have to be, you know what I mean? Does she have a pulse? Let's, let, let's talk. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and actually I shouldn't say that because I still had some standards where like, I, I want, I knew what I wanted and I knew that I had certain skills and there were things that made me fun, but the drawbacks, I just felt like I was covered in garbage. And I was afraid to really be confident in talking to girls. So I, I struggled. And how did, what problems or challenges did you notice yourself experiencing with that? I, I, like I said, I, I, I would work against myself. Like I would kind of be telling her in between words that I'm not, you know, like I would be too nervous. I would, one thing that, that, that I help guys with now is desperation, I guess it's a a brutal word to use desperation. Like no one wants to be the first girl who says yes to a guy, you know, like girls want a guy who like every girl wants. And then they're like, Oh, great. I have a, you know, this guy's a winner. But if they're like, you're talking like no one's ever said yes to you before. I don't want to say yes either for that. You know, I'm not even hearing is this like, you seem like I would make your life and, and, the core in that is that I started way later when I started to look back on the things I'd learned was that the, when I first started to have some luck with girls and it would turn into dating, um, you try, you start to use them like a drug and you don't know that you're doing it. 
You oh, so wow. escape. Yeah. You, you, you so want to escape your internal monologue of being alone and not being, you know, liked and, and having, you know, low value that the idea that someone who you perceive that value, cause she's, she's, she, she's hot and she's cool and she's fun. So that girl, I know she has value and she approves of me. Well, that gives me value. So let's mm-hmm. be where she is. You know what I mean? Let's, let's hang out tonight and tomorrow. Let's let's shit. You know what? I don't want to go home because home sucks. Let's, let's, you know, and then you don't realize, but you're using this person to solve a problem of your own. And that's not a relationship. That's not interaction. That's, that, that's a use that's objectifying. It's so, I love that you're bringing light to this conversation because in a lot, you know, in a lot of the relationships that I'm supporting clients with, mind you, my main thing is like inner child and generational trauma. And when yeah. we don't heal, we're bringing past baggage into future relationships. So it's very Definitely. in line with what you're saying. What are some of the biggest challenges that you notice men struggle with? Because I feel like men often don't, aren't given that safe space to mm-hmm. even acknowledge that they have challenges and struggles. So what yeah. do you find are the common things that they're struggling in terms of confidence or in dating and relationships that clearly not only affect them, but then affect the person that they're in that whatever relationship. Yeah. yeah. Well, for one, you know, as you were saying that, that there are a lot of things where it's easier for women to communicate, it's easier for women to, you know, self-address some of their issues and be observant. A lot of guys have low self-value and they don't, I don't know if they don't talk. I, I guess I, they don't talk about it and maybe not even aware, but like they're, or don't know what to do about it, where they just feel like they're not right. like, like guy, guys have, have uh, looks issues, you know, guy, there, there are, there are guys walking around who think that they're unattractive and don't really know how to start to build on that. There, there are guys who like, they don't, they don't see the bigger image. And this is where I'm able to help because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an adult. I've been through these things. And so I can look back with 2020 vision and be like, all right, first of all, you don't think you're worth anything. We have to fix that. That's where we're mm. going to start. Let's get your image of yourself to be stronger. Let's look at your gains. And I have no problem telling a guy, all right, like I, I always say, I love nice guys. I love working with nice guys because nice guys are good people. They have a great core, but they get run over. They get smoked. These guys get their butts kicked by women because they're presenting themselves poorly and they're setting themselves up for the girl to you know, say, see you later. And so I try to help the guy to start by, for everybody, you got to set your own value. You Mm -hmm. have to be honest to yourself. You set your own value. As long as your value is set externally, you're dead. I don't care if you're an adult and you're rich and then you go buy a Ferrari and you want the key to hang out of your pocket. So people know you have a Ferrari. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like there are people, we all do it. Like, like, like women, especially love Louis Vuitton. You spend eight grand on a handbag that's worth 35 bucks. The functional value of the handbag can be exchanged for any bag, plastic bag from Ralph's, but you spend seven grand because you want people to know that you're valuable. You want people to know that you're this, Hey, maybe I didn't put makeup on today, but this bag will speak for me. Guys do that Mm. shit. And I think it's horrible. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a Louis. If you want a Louis, go get a Louis. But make sure it's for the right reason. And so with guys, I, I, with, with everybody, teach them to, to set your own value, live from the inside out, minimize your needs, recognize your needs 
are oxygen, water, food, shelter. I mean, that's it. That's it. And if you can start to take care of those needs, then when you approach others, it's out of interest. You don't need anything Mm. from them. Everybody knows when there's someone on the street who's walking up to you because they're about to ask you for something and you're like, oh, get away. Same with dating. Same with dating. So you want to be somebody who goes up and talks to other people because you're curious about them. Just, hey, I don't know. You seem interesting. Where are you from? What do you do? What do you, what do you like to do for fun? But if it's, hey, hey, what do I have to say to get you to walk down the street next to me so that I feel good? Oh, oh. Mm, it's like the seeking that external validation kind of similar yeah. to what you're sharing as like, so something that you were saying, and then something popped up in my mind is yeah. I feel like so many people uh, get confused between confidence and ego. Cause it's completely oh. different energy. Right. So like, and this is for all genders, like I'm not even seeing yeah. just for men, but I feel yeah. like, you know, some of the biggest issues that we see sometimes in like politics or like um, big brand businesses and companies, like it's, it's driven from an egoic place or yeah. from a place of ego. So what are your thoughts on the difference between like confidence and ego? Cause I think some, a lot of the men that I see, I, I, I just see people for their wounded inner child. So even when an, yeah. a, a guy is complete trash, I'm like, okay, <laughs> after, after I've like, you know, worked through my own shit, I can like put the wall down and be like, oh, <clears throat> you're actually just a wounded inner child living in a right. grown man's body. So yeah, what are your thoughts about like confidence and ego? Because I think there's a lot of people who think that they're confident, but in actuality, their behaviors is actually coming up place from ego, which is like causing them a lot more trouble in their own life. And then they're blaming everybody else. Can't agree more. Can't agree more. Ego is one of the worst things that you can mistake for confidence. Anything Mm. that you mistake Mm. for confidence is a mistake. Confidence is the, it's the currency of life. It is literally the currency of the human interaction. It is the currency of the human experience. If you are rich in confidence, then you are rich. That's it. Money comes later because there are people who have money and don't have confidence and wish they had the confidence. Confidence is key. If you mistake the ego, here are the problems you're going to make. You're taking all that energy and you're putting it in the wrong bucket. You're going to lead with it. I've seen guys who will walk in And they will just diarrhea of the mouth of all the things they've accomplished, all the things that make them cool, all the things that they think make them great. And then they expect for an odd audience to just want to be around them. And they don't. Because what happens when you do that is you forget to ask other people about them. You already know you. Why would you go around just trying to get people? It, it, it's, it stays with that external. If you're throwing the ego around, it's so that you have something new to show others to think that you have value, which isn't you. It's an accomplishment. It may be your accomplishment, but it isn't you. It's, so mm. it, again, you're just trying to throw out candy so people will think that something, that, that accomplishment is very much like, like the Louis bag. It, it's, hey, I'm going to throw this out because I'm terrified terrified of you meeting the real me. I am so afraid of you meeting who I am when I sit down on the couch, who I am when I'm alone, who I am when I go to sleep, that I just want something new to throw at you to distract you. It's literally like, like a, a, it's a third point. When two people are looking at each other, making eye contact, there are two points, my eyes, your eyes. But an ego piece is a third point. I want us both to go look at this. 
so that you're impressed by it. And then it can. Wow. I never thought about it like that, but I think that's such a good visual because then you have like this other third perspective in a relationship that clouds everything and it's actually blocking you off from the genuine connection. So let's say for the, for the male who's listening or the, the wife or the girlfriend that has a a partner who they're like, Oh my God, that's totally him. Or like, this is me. How, what would you, what are some tips or recommendations that you would give to them who probably didn't realize that they were coming from a place of ego and are now, okay, Paul, like, how do I shift this? Like, I don't want to operate this way anymore. So you start off by, you got to be brutally on. Well, first off, first off, you can only work with interested parties. You can only Mm, work with interested parties, meaning a guy or if it's a relationship, you know, just where, where I work with guys, if, if it's in a relationship, they, anyone who's going to be involved in the growth has to be interested in the growth. You cannot force somebody to want to grow. You can't, if, 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 if you've got a guy who, you know, ladies, if you're with a guy who you really see is having these issues and, and, and it's hurting the relationship, it's hurting you, it's hurting himself, and you think he could really benefit from building in the ways that I'm talking about, that's fantastic. But if he doesn't agree, it's not happening. He has to agree. You know, it's not like a uh, just taking the dog to the vet and he can push his you know legs down and and and, and hesitate. You know, and you're still taking him and he's still gonna you know no, it's it. Like the, if he doesn't want it, you know what I mean. If he if he disagrees, then it, it's a stone wall. I mean that that's the same with anything. So. Right. First, you have to agree that some, your life could be better and that you have an interest in discovering Mm. the path. If you agree and you have an interest now, now we can get real. Now we can start to break it down. Now we can start to find out how you really feel. How do you feel about you? Do you feel valuable? Do you feel like you're good looking? Do you feel like you're good at conversation? Do you make eye contact? You know, like, like, do you, do you genuinely feel like you have value? Are you good at regulating and understanding the difference between enjoying people and using people? We can start to really identify these separations and we can start to figure out where the issue is. You know, you're probably good at several things, but we identified the problem point, the point of pain. So step one is just agreeing that it's time for change. Yeah, no, I love what you just brought up because one of the core wounds that I find with all people is the fear and the belief that they're not good enough. And that's what holds us back as, as all human beings. And it stems from childhood because you had mom and dad tell, like essentially make you feel like you weren't good enough in so many, so many ways, right? Like you can't express your emotions. Like you're too loud, like stop crying, stop being a wuss man up all these different things. And so for the, what would your, what are your recommendations for, I guess, the, the men of the world who struggle to see that worth in themselves, like struggle to feel like struggle to see that value. And then yeah. as a result are overcompensating in all these other ways. Yeah. Just decide that just recognize it's go- life begins when you set your own value, because that's when you start to develop some self-trust. 
And that's when you can start to have a real pulse on the things you actually want to improve for you, not for others, not so others will like you more, but for genuinely for you. So you can start to build a you who's comfortable alone on the couch watching a game. You know, like just you have to build a you that you want to be. Mm. If, if, if you're just living a pleaser life so that you feel like you must be valuable because you have the same car as the guy down the street or because you have cool stuff, that's not going to fulfill you. You've got to like who you are. And it's got to be by your tastes and your standards. And then, then you can walk out the door as a whole person. Then you can start to live a life that goes toward the direction of the things that you're interested in. And your relationship will flourish. Your relationship will absolutely flourish. You can't have a good relationship with someone else if you don't have a good relationship with yourself. It's, it's impossible. It's not Mike possible. Drop. Mic drop. Um, what are your thoughts? I would love to hear your thoughts for the women who are listening, who are like, uh-huh. Paul, I'm starting to see my relationship and yeah. my partner in a different light. And they're not wanting to work on themselves. Cause here's the, one of the biggest problems that I see is that some women, I'm not going to say all who evolve in their healing journey. Right. Cause it, a majority of people that I do work with are women and they're like, okay, wow. Like I'm healing my wounds and I'm noticing all these different things and how I've shown up in the relationships that I didn't see before, mm-hmm. but my partner is yeah. not willing to do the work. And what, like you said, you can't make someone do the work if they're not mm-hmm. willing to, but then now there's this misalignment, even more of a misalignment. So what are your recommendations from this male perspective on the other side for the women who are like, Paul, I don't know what to do. Like, I love yeah. this man, but yeah. these problems are still happening and they're not, he's not wanting to change and I can't force him to. So I was playing with like a little stand up piece on this the other day. And, uh, I don't, can, can can we can we use full words here? Like, can we? Yes, can we say, yes, yes. Okay, I'll, okay. Put disc- I'll put a I'll put a disclaimer. Yeah, NSFW. So, I was realizing part of the reason people actually get into relationships it's not just companionship. It's we need somebody to tell us when we're crazy. We have to have that. Somebody has to tell you when you're crazy. You pick someone whose opinion you think is not crazy, and then you keep them around you to tell you when you are crazy. And the thing is, a lot of people, they don't care who calls them crazy. But if someone who can regulate your ability to obtain sex tells you that you're crazy, then you're going to listen. And so if someone then tells you, you are unfuckably crazy, Hopefully that's the point where you start to listen and be like, wow, I might be acting a little nuts. Maybe I should consider, whoa, I might've gone a little far. So where I'm going with that for the advice to that woman is, I think it's fantastic. It's awesome that that we're talking about women who have done the work on themselves or are in the middle of that work. And it, it goes on forever. So fantastic. That's step one for them because ultimately life is, and we can get into it another time, but it, it's, it's selfishness driven. Life actually really is selfishness driven. But if you learn how to manage selfishness correctly, then you can share great things with other people and they'll share great things with you. Uh, but nonetheless, I would tell that woman to be willing to cut it off. You, you, you have to be communicate first. Communicate first and let him know, look, this is what I have going on. I've addressed some things I wanted to work on. I'm working hard at them. I'm making gains. I'm excited. I'm trending upward. I love you. I care about you. We're a team. We're partners. I can't be the only one running in a three-legged race. 
you're seeming unhealthy. You don't seem happy. You don't seem like you're in a good place. I want to help you with that in any way I can. And if you're willing to take those steps, fantastic. We'll work together and we'll both get to great places. If you don't see a problem and you don't think that there is anything wrong with this relationship that I'm uncomfortable with right now, then this is a relationship that I'm going to have felt like I've outgrown and I'm going to move on. And if that bothers you, then get to work. And if it doesn't, then that's even more reason that we should have addressed this sooner. And I'm packing a bag. See you later. Wow. I was, there was a part of me when I asked that question, I was hoping you were going to say that Yeah, (laughs) because I think, because I think it's so different seeing another, hearing from another woman, like, yeah, it like leave. But I think it, it hits so differently, even for me as a woman to hear that from a male being like, you need to put your foot down because again, the problem is that, is that we all have our inner child wounds. And so whether you're a male, female, or identify as any other gender, our core wound, like my core wound is I'm not good enough. And so we, this is why people stay in so many, at least what I believe, stay in so many toxic, abusive, manipulative relationships, because they're so afraid of putting their foot down. And so I guess the, the piggyback question to this, Paul, is what would you say for the person who's like, Paul, it's, I, I hear you, I see you, but that's so much easier said than done. No. And like, there's, they've been in like the, the same t- toxic cycles and they, they literally are telling themselves a story. Like I can't leave. I like, I can't incorrect. Well, like incorrect. Then, then they're, they're looking at their priorities with all the wrong values. You have to decide why your health is most important. When you look at it that way, it only makes sense to leave. If you're coming from mm. a place of fear, I meet guys I meet men who, as we will say many times, guys aren't supposed to feel this way. Guys don't think this way. This is a women's thought, if you will. I meet guys who stay with women they don't want to be with because they're afraid of starting over. They're afraid of going Mm. through the process of being alone. They're afraid of then having to approach women all over again. Dating's terrifying. Dating's scary. He's the guy. He has to go up to her. That's a lot of work. And you got to weed through several bad dates before you. it's, It's scary. They don't think they're worth it. They don't think they're going to do better. So if it's a lateral move, then why make any move? And then it's 10 years later. Yeah. And you can't look at it that way. You can't. If a shoe doesn't fit, take it off. You know what I mean? You don't keep walking in a shoe that doesn't fit. Does it hurt your foot? (laughs) If it does, (laughs) then take it off. (laughs) What are we talking about? I love the imagery that you're bringing into this. Okay. So my mind just keeps going in this one direction. So hopefully you're okay with talking about this. If not, just let me know. But I feel like one of the biggest problems that's especially happening in 2020, 2021 has been abusive relationships. And we see Mm -hmm. more and more like domestic violence. And I mean, it's both sides, right? Like both sides of the coins, different sides, there's abuse, but oftentimes we hear about, we hear about, you know, the woman who's terrified to leave because the man has is completely narcissistic and has threatened to like, you know, threaten all these different things. And she's literally terrified for her life, her kid's life, her family's life. Have you ever worked with narcissistic men? Have you ever, so narcissistic men, men who were abusive. um, And like, I just love to hear your thoughts on it from like a different genders perspective. Yeah. 
I, I haven't personally worked with those guys. Generally, I end up getting nice guys, not because, oh, I only work with nice guys, but because only nice guys are honest enough to seek help. Mm. That's why. Those other guys, they're so wounded. And, and this is where we can confuse that ego. They're so proud. Oh, I'm such a man. I don't need any help. Yeah, so what? I don't do anything wrong. No, no, no. You're so wounded that you're not even able to ask for help. You're not willing to be that, that level of vulnerable. Whereas a nice guy is, I'll tell you what, I think about this a lot and I'll go so far as to say, in my opinion, we'll preface it with my opinion because I, I don't have you know clinical studies here, but I think men who are abusive, the reason they do it is because they have no sense of control in the relationship. I think men who are abusive, in many cases, feel that the relationship is actually dominated by the woman. Like, have you ever thought about the fact how often every few years we see a headline, some guy murders his wife, and then he gets caught, Mm -hmm. he goes to prison, or he kills himself. And you say to yourself, but why didn't he just divorce her? So what mm-hmm. if she takes half his money? So what? Then you still have half of your money and your freedom and your life and you can rebuild and go meet other women or just go be alone in the woods, but you'd still be alive. You know, you'd still be like, what, why, what is wrong with you? Why would you kill your wife? Just get a divorce. Yeah. But I'll tell you why. The reason is because he didn't want separation from the woman. He wanted to regain his sense of control in the relationship, his sense of power. He felt so dominated and so stepped on and so small in that relationship that when a guy hits a woman, it's not, it's not a display of strength. Physically, you're larger. It, it, this is not about strength. I liken it to like a checkerboard or like a, a chessboard, if you will. You know you're not going to win and you're so angry that you can't win that instead of seeing it come to its final move, you flip the board over. Mm. There you go. Screw you. You know what? There is no game. That's what physical abuse is. That's when a guy hits a woman because, and, and maybe, maybe I will definitely give women the out that maybe it's life itself for the guy. Maybe she doesn't treat him that way, but life does. And it's his boss or it's his like, what, whatever life he feels so small. He feels so not powerful that the only place he can feel powerful is to strike someone smaller than him. Maybe, maybe he abuses his animal. He kicks his dog. Same idea. You know, it's that it's a, it's a, it's a function of weakness. And that's where yeah. if you get it early enough and you get a guy who's open-minded and you get a guy who's willing to talk and you start to make him feel productive in his own growth of his value, he will not do that. He won't. It's, it's interesting that you, you bring this up because that theme of control, I've noticed a, um, a pattern between men or just humans in general, where they need to have certain control in places of their life, where that be their relationships or their kids is they usually have a pattern of not having been in control as a kid. They may have had like abusive parents or parents who dictated everything that they said or, or, or did. And then because the moment that they are now their own individual person as an adult, it's like kind of like this, like, fuck you. Like, I'm never going to let anybody treat me that way anymore. And then they kind of 
steer that energy into like their relationships and oftentimes with people who are more vulnerable than them. And you see this dynamic in like, like employer employee relationships and in relationships. And like, so I, I, I would like to hear, cause you were mentioning earlier when we were talking about the advice for the woman who's noticing that, you know, they're in a not so healthy relationship. And I, and obviously whoever is listening, you know, know that neither Paula or I are, you know, mental health professionals. Like this is just like from our own personal experiences, take what resonates with you and do what's best for you. And obviously seek out the support that you need, but what are your thoughts being the male to the woman? Who's like, I'm scared to leave again, the whole easier said than done because it's gone to the point of a narcissistic man or an abusive man. And they feel like nobody is there to help them. I think the greatest fear that they should ask themselves in their fear of leaving is do they trust themselves enough to not go back? Oh, that's, that's what they have the fear. Yeah. It's I've, it's like an old thing where like, if you see a guy getting like into a, you know, I wouldn't say like, obviously you're going to step in if you see a guy hit a girl, but like, if you see a guy being a jerk to a girl at a bar, it's not always the best thing to jump right in because what'll happen is you start to come at the guy, but she is, he is still her source of protection. So then she'll be mad at you for attacking her source of protection and it'll be two on one. You have now walked into a scenario or it's you versus two strangers who you thought you were helping one to get away from the other. She's not going to leave him. In a lot of these cases, she knows she's going to deal with him tomorrow. So she has to show some loyalty and hopefully this will bring them back together. The problem, it's not always financial. There are places you can go to a shelter and you can, you can get on your feet for a minute and you can figure it out. The real fear is, are you going to go back? And then if so, Mm. then you leaving, it's just going to piss him off more. And then you're going to go back and deal with even more. So I would say develop a plan and be serious about it. If you're going to leave, have a couple bucks, save, save, save a couple bucks. If you can. And of course, if it's 911 dial 911, get the hell out. I say leave today, but if if, if you're, if you're afraid you're going to go back, ask yourself, can you live without this person? Are you emotionally connected in a way that you don't know how to go find someone else? Are you feeling so low? That because this guy treated you like shit, I, I, I've always said a lot of times women don't leave guys because they cheated. Women will want to stay with a guy who cheated on him, on her until she can regain control and then leave him to say, hey, see that? I don't need you. But in the beginning, it's such a, a strike to her ego that, oh, my God, I'm not enough for you. Well, how would I get anyone else if I'm not enough for this scumbag? I know he's a scumbag and he's and I'm not enough for him. Why would anyone else in the world want me? So, of course, I have to stay. And that's why you stay. So this all boils back down to what we were saying at the very beginning, the value piece, like finding that self-worth in yourself, finding that value, leading with that place of like confidence. Um, Something that you mentioned just like two seconds ago, and my, my brain's going ding, 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 is cheating. Cheating is a massive topic for a lot of people. And I think I have learned in my own evolution to see cheating in a different light. Cause after having been cheated on by every single ex that I've ever had as a female, it's so easy to be in this place of victim, right? Like he's an asshole. He did this to me. But if I'm being completely honest with you, Paul, 
looking back after doing my own healing, like I was never a bad person, but I came with a lot of baggage in my own relationships that caused me to be toxic myself and be manipulative emotionally. And I'm like, that's not that what, not that what they did to me was right because they really hurt me, but I have to take ownership from the part that I played. And like, if I was being completely honest with myself, like I wasn't an angel either, not saying that it's ever okay. So I have a very different perspective on cheating. Um, And my own conclusions has been through my own healing as like the person who's been cheated on perspective. What are your thoughts from the other perspective? Not saying that, I don't know what your history is, but if you've worked with men who have cheated and like what your thoughts are, on the topic of cheating, um, because I think there's this narrative that like, oh, all cheaters are assholes. Like, once a cheater, always a cheater, yeah. and like they're the worst people. They're the scumbags of the earth, which I don't fully believe to be true. Right. I I would start by saying right down the middle, just to kind of there's a again, it's sort of a stand up piece that I address, but just the the notion is that if a man cheats on a woman. I don't know anything about this woman still. I just know she's a woman. That's it. I, I don't know anything about her. But if a woman cheats on a man, I know a lot about that guy. Because I mm-hmm. find, generally speaking, if a woman cheats on a man, it's, I know it sounds generalizing, it's probably his fault. It's probably his fault. I, I, I don't think women are as just prone to have the interest in cheating. I think women have a little more nesting mindset. You may pick a guy with scrutiny. That's why your list of who you pick might be 25 points long and a guy's is two points long. You know, like, uh, is, is, is she hot? Yeah. Does she like me? Yeah. She's in Mary, you know, or a woman's <laughs> like, well, where are you from? What do you do? Who are your parents? What do you, you know? Yeah. So women are more scrutinous in who they choose, but once they do, that's probably what you're doing. Where so if if a woman cheats on a guy, he's going to get cheated on again, and again and again and again and again. It's going to keep happening to him. You hear about guys who've been divorced seven times. You know, he's got to figure out what he's doing wrong in the relationship. And later on, we can talk about you know the male's role. And if he violates that role, then the woman won't feel secure. But for women who've been cheated on by men, I would say to take an honest look at things but take it with a grain of salt. It's complicated for men. It's complicated. It doesn't mean that you're not enough woman. It doesn't mean that. It means that like men from the moment we start liking women, we're aware in order to get a relationship, to enter a relationship, we're going to have to be the hunter. We have to come up with the approach. And it's like when you see Rocky training, you know what I mean? And he's training for the fights and you're like, he is training 24 seven. He's doing pushups. He's running everything you can think of his diet. Everything a man does when he's single is geared toward making himself attractive to a partner because he's got to be the proactive one. And it's bizarre for that to suddenly end. It's weird. You have all of this momentum all of the skill you've been working on, because the first girl you asked out is not the one you end up with. So you've had to like deal and thicken the skin to be able to take some nose. And then you got to stay proactive and, and think about what's going on and get better and better. And, and it's a strange skill to just throw away. You've devoted your life to this, you know, like, it's like, imagine you become a Olympic athlete, you win the gold. And then you're like, what are you going to do next? You're like, ah, sell insurance. 
you know, I think I'm just going to sit in an office now. And you're like, wait, you used to train 20 hours a day, seven days a week. You're like, yeah, I'm never going to the gym again. I'm, I'm married now. I don't, that, that's weird. You know what I mean? Like, so you still have this urge. And what happens is if you get a relationship that really satisfies you, then you value that relationship to the point where you don't want to risk it and you don't want to hurt the other person. That's when you're really starting to grow because you don't want to hurt the other person. But men, we talk about this external value. It's going to keep coming up. Men's value when they're uncertain as to how to set their value, it's in how hot of a woman likes them. And so if he doesn't feel like the relationship is rewarding enough with this person, or he doesn't feel enough as an individual, like he's being validated in other places, then he's still going to want to know that he could still get that girl who's hot. He's still going to want to know, and he's going to keep trying. Avenue one. Avenue two. He has no control in the relationship. He's getting run over. The girl has completely taken over the relationship. And, uh, and, and he feels so small and powerless that it, he, because he's not a hitter, he's, he's, he's not, not the type of striker, he's just going to go find someone else who treats him with greater interest and makes him feel like when dating was new and looks at him like a whole man. So there are two reasons guys cheat. And those are the two for the most part. Wow. And like, again, like it's, it's just going even beneath more layer beneath the surface. Cause I think it's oh. so easy to be like, he cheated. I'm not enough. Yeah. And then I've seen relationships where like one partner cheats and then the other partner almost like in a way, like subconsciously tries to get them back and then like cheats. And then it's like two people just like constantly cheating on each other. Did you, have you seen that? I, I, I've seen to some degree, I, I don't know how far I've seen the chain go on, but I, I mean, I can get the idea. I have seen people who cheat to get the other person back as like a retaliative yeah. cheat. And that's, I mean, really, really, why are either of you still talking to each other? You know, like honestly at this point, because now you're becoming someone <laughs> you don't want to be just to get this other person back. And it's to prove that you're as valuable as that person. Just put the value set back on the inside. And I know it takes discipline. I know it takes strength. It doesn't start today and just, you have it, but the light bulb goes off when mm. you begin, you know, and, and it takes some discipline, but just accept the fact that not everybody is going to be a fit for everybody. And yes, the best case scenario, honestly, is the scariest one at first. It's your fault. All right. Okay. It's your fault. As, as, like I said, I, I tell any guy who's been cheated on, the good news is it's your fault. Now, why is that the good news? Because yeah. you can only fix you. If it were her mm. fault, well, you can't do anything about her. You know, you could ditch her. Yeah. See you later, move on. But it's the fact that it's your fault means that we can fix you. We can identify the behavior. We can identify the mindset that led you to this position. And, and, and then it doesn't have to happen ever again. And it's great news. It sucks that but it happens. Most, huh? But then most people will not like to admit that it's their fault because then it triggers that wound of like, well, I'm not enough. And so that's so, it's so interesting. And I hope that everyone who's listening just like sees things from like a different perspective, because I think it's the wildest thing when you can pull yourself out of relationships or past relationships or toxic 
relationships and be able to see things from a bird's eye view versus like being that one, the, the one character in the relationship, you know? Um, so it's kind of like wrap this up. Like what are your top communication and relationship skill tips that you find are the most beneficial or helpful for the people that you've worked with or just for people in general? Relationship wise, short game. It's all about the short game. Don't let it pile up. If somebody does something that you truly think is is bothersome to you and even devaluing, especially, bring it up. Just bring it up. Bring it up now. Not when it has five other things behind it and then you just dump a whole world of shit on somebody and they're like, oh my God, I had no idea you were feeling any of this. Bring it up today. And if you Mm. don't feel like you have good communication, that's fine. Just figure it out. Stumble your way through it, but address it. And and speak your truth. Because if you think that somebody's doing something to you that doesn't make sense and you feel like you have a reasonable sense of logic, get at it. And and, and be firm. Know know the difference between uh, being flexible and being too stiff or being a pushover, but have some flexibility, but no one enough is enough and, and bring it up each point. And things will be fine because then, then the person can understand where you're coming from and maybe grow. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it's ridiculous that you do the dishes and the laundry and all the, and they don't do anything around this house. Nothing. That's a valid point. And it should be addressed. Don't do it for three years and be like, you know how long I've been doing everything in this goddamn house. And you're, then it's like, Jesus, how do I even fix that? You know what I mean? I can't go back in time for three years. It didn't occur to me. I thought you liked it. You know, like address it in real time. And then you'll find out if that person can agree with you and be like, cool. So what's the plan? And then come up with a plan. I do the dishes. You do the laundry. How's that? Okay. You don't like it. Well, I'll do the laundry. You do the dishes. Great. Now we have a plan. And then, you, you know what I mean? Now it's not going to stack. Now it's not going to build because it, it started to rise and then you relieve the pressure. Now you're back down to a simmer and you've grown and you've communicated. Now you're working together. That's the biggest problem. It's so funny because it's so funny because all these things are so fucking simple, but it's usually so the most simple. simple things in life that people don't end up doing. And then what are your top tips for people who aren't necessarily in relationships right now? right now, but are in the dating field, um, in terms of, let's say communication and like, yeah, communication and confidence. Communication. I was speaking with somebody yesterday and I was explaining what it means to stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Stop talking and listen. And what I meant by that in that scenario is as we build that confidence from the inside out, as we begin to you know, really feel strong in who we are, that's great. That's self-talk, that's self-communication. Now, when you're going out to the bars and you want to go talk to somebody, instead of thinking your thoughts, it's your thoughts saying you're not good enough. She's too hot for you. She probably has, you know, guys, Tom Brady hits on her, like whatever, whatever, whatever. Not that Tom Brady's married, but anyway. <laughs> that's you talking to you shut up. (laughs) Just stop. Just stop. (laughs) Just shut up for a minute. 
You know what I mean? Quit monopolizing the conversation yeah. and realize if you're after a relationship with somebody, they have to be able to speak too. So now go over and begin a, a conversation with this person. And now that you've learned to shut up, you can listen when they speak and you can listen in the moment and then you can respond to what they said. And then they can, you know, and now it's like people talk you know, instead of just mm-hmm. you. You don't realize that it's you talking. You don't realize you're monopolizing the conversation because you're not talking with anyone else, but you are. So know when to shut up, know when to shut up and just go find out who she is. Go find out if she has a boyfriend. Go find out if she dates guys way cooler than you. Ask her. You know, like, this reminds me of such an amazing quote. We in communication, oftentimes we're um, I think it's like we listen to respond, not listen to understand. And it's literally exactly what you're down. Right I think now. about that. Listen. Most people listen to respond instead of listening to understand. Or we don't listen to understand, we listen to respond. Oh yeah, like 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 when you know you have your next line queued up in your head and you just can't wait to say it, even though they have 30 more, you know, like we all do it. And you're like, Oh yeah. Jesus, I'm so focused on being oh. cool in the next moment. I don't even know what they just said. It might not even be pertinent anymore. <laughs> you're going to be like, Hey, to dial back on that other, you know, like we all, yeah. Oh my I like God, that Paul. Thank you so freaking much for sharing yeah, thank you. Your- your expertise with us today. I've learned so much. I know that everyone who's listening has learned so much. And I think it's, I'm loving this like conversation of just like bringing all the different kinds of people into the picture. Cause I think, you know, sometimes a podcast or information is geared towards like one specific gender. But I think when we yeah. can kind of like, you know, harmonize and bring both parties together, I think that's where the true transformation happens because it's like, otherwise we're just constantly putting ourselves in this, like these boxes and like, yeah. you know what I mean? So thank you so much for having this conversation with me today so a couple of questions before I let you go what is your top tip or advice to help people evolve into the next level version of themselves I I I can't say enough start from the inside out start to really take a look at yourself ask yourself how you feel if you don't like the way your body looks go to the gym start eating better you know if that's not the case and you do like the way your body looks okay how does your mind feel do you feel valuable? You know, start with you, start with you, start with you. Don't blame anyone else. Don't use anyone else. Start with you, get very serious about it and, and make it cornerstone to everything else you do from there. And I mean, really, that's half. That's half of what you need to do. And the rest will kind of fall into place once you put, once you've really made your mind, you train your mind to see yourself and your life that way and your relationships that way you'll kind of be able to answer a lot of your own questions from there. Set your own value. I love Set that. your own value. Amazing. Amazing yeah. tip. So where can we all find you? What do you have got going on? If there are people who are like, I need to work with him or yeah. I have people who I want to refer to him. Where can we all Which find is you? great. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, and as, as far, far as the, the referring and like you were saying that it's often one gender or the other, I always say there is no advice I would ever give a guy that isn't mutually beneficial to both parties in the relationship. There are oftentimes my girlfriend, I've been in a relationship for eight years. We're very happy. It'd be strange if I didn't have a good track record of my own. I did this, but uh, she's always saying that like any advice I give is as much for her as it is for him. 
So that's, that's kind of the baseline of it. So if you want to refer a guy, I mean, we can talk as well, but um, yeah. So my name is Paul Roseberry. Uh, I have my, my coaching site is in it's confidencefound.com. Email is, I was about to say my email, not the email, but info at confidence found, obviously. But, uh, and then um, for, for uh, my, my, my Instagram is what I'm in the most touch with. It's dating coach comedian, and you'll see it pop right up. Uh, I put a lot of funny stuff. And then I also put pods that I'm on. So you can get a little mix of both. You can learn a little bit about me. Um, I'm around. I'm Paul Roseberry. I help people. I enjoy yeah. this. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah, so it's dating, uh, dating underscore coach underscore comedian. For those yeah. of you who haven't caught on, um, I'll put all his information in the show notes if you need awesome. to find him. Awesome. And he also offers dating coaching, confidence coaching. So if you're ever in doubt, just reach out to Paul, ask him and, you know, you guys can totally chat about that. But thank you so much for spending your day with us today. Yeah. And everyone who's listening, thank you so much for tuning in. If you have somebody in your life who you think will benefit from this conversation today, please share this podcast episode with them. This kind of conversation is what creates breakthroughs within us that then encourages a lot of us to take the steps necessary. And sometimes you often hear people are like, oh yeah, I listened to a podcast. I watched, I read a book and it's like something shifts in your brain in one way that makes you go and do the damn thing that changes the trajectory of your life. So Paul and I would be forever grateful for you to share this with anyone who you think will benefit. So I love you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paul, for coming here today and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. 